Okay then, welcome to another episode of 20 Schemes Uncut. It's been a while since we've done something like this. I've been desperate to speak to these guys for a long time and they've been desperately trying to avoid it. So that's fun. So the hope for today, we are going to speak to three most recent church planters and training who have come and spent some time in the west of Scotland in Hope Community Church Barlanark um, to train and then are getting sent out to do different work and ministry right about the west of Scotland. Hopefully this will be helpful to get a bit of an insight into what training looks like with 20 Schemes yeah, and also an encouragement for others that maybe are in the position you guys were a number of years ago and to come and give your life to the same thing. So let's quickly go around and get a little bit of chat. Now Mike, a little bit of chat, like shorter than your sermons, certainly short, shorter than your second intros. Um, what's your name? And where did you come from? I feel like we're on blind date, which you guys don't know what, anything about, but it was quality back in the day. But Mike, what's your name? Where do you come from? Yeah, there we go. So Michael Davis, and I uh, came from uh, upstate New York, so Syracuse area. Mm-hmm. There's a little town called Clay. So I uh, was the pastor there for, uh, one of the pastors there for 10 years before coming here. So I uh, grew up in Ohio, though. And you got, who did you bring with you? Uh, my wife is Lindsay, and then I have four kids, um, Lucy, Reuben, Ezra, and Bo, from 12 to 6. Is it true that some people call her Large Lindsay because there's, like, yes. my wife's smaller Lindsay? One of the first, one of the first nicknames uh, that she was given by the pastor of our church here right, yeah, okay. was... Who was uh, that? I don't know. His, his name is Pete. He's okay. not really well known. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Good nickname, though. Large Lindsay. Makes sense. Oh, I was going to say Pete is actually his name, not a nickname. Right, okay. Anyway, let's, you've had enough chat now. <laughs> Who's this guy back here? <laughs> What's your name and where do you come from? Yes, uh, I'm Logan Hickey and I'm from Southern Indiana. So my wife Elizabeth uh, with our three kids, Garrett, Abigail and Samuel moved here February of 21. So unfortunately we don't have any nicknames for you or Elizabeth. That's yeah, probably well, not a good sign actually, really Logan. Sure. Yeah. Maybe we don't like you. No, that's true. And guy here, what's your name? Where do you come from? My name is Reagan Eddins. Came here from Lubbock, Texas. And we call you dad. Yep. Call me dad. I love that. Because you're, you're the oldest <laughs> member of our church, is that right? I am, yeah. <laughs> Which is, man, when you get 80 or 90, I guess that's natural. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing before you got here, Regan? Yeah, I was in the furniture business. I retired, moved here uh, just before Logan did in January of 21. We, My wife and I, Gracie, we have six kids. We moved here with three of our kids. Two have already graduated from high school and moved back, so now we are here with our one Youngest daughter, Carrie. Cool. And so it was a number of years ago we had been chatting with Mez and we decided to do our whole focus, what we're saying is primarily but not exclusively on Glasgow in the West. And it kind of all snowballed out of, yeah, from nothing to picking up speed. And you guys all moved to the West of Scotland within, what, four or five months of each other? That's right. Um, which is crazy, isn't it? And again, I didn't really know any of you were coming to us until a couple of weeks before that, which is depending on how we do things, but anyway, so let's go uh, go right again, and Mike, can you tell us a little bit, why were you attracted to 20 Schemes, so you're, you're a pastor in a church in America, like you're doing all your American things, being really nice to everybody, giving lots of cuddles and smiles and stuff, what on earth made you think, do you know what, I want to come and get slagged off the rest of my life in the, tw- in the west of Scotland? Yeah, well, I mean, I think hopefully people, the reason why people get into gospel ministries because they want to see people come to Christ, right? They want to see people changed by the gospel. And so, but I, for me, me specifically, I wanted to go somewhere where uh, there wasn't a lot of access to that. Um, and so, and thinking through that, um, and I'm not going to get 
into the process or maybe you want to, but that would be a long time and that would just be, be going on and on. So I think you probably just wanted to get the point, which is that... Um, I was glad you had an interlude there that stopped you getting to good. the point, though. So that's that was good. That's good, yeah. <laughs> well, that saved about five minutes, so you're welcome. Uh, but uh, just saw um, the desperate need, you know, less than 2% in, in Scotland and in the schemes, it's probably much less than one. So, um, and seeing that what we really need is the light in these places because the darkness isn't really searching um, for the light themselves. They're not going out for that, and it's the, the light that needs to seek them out. And so, um, and I wanted to be a part of that. And so Lindsay and I saw 20 schemes and what they're doing and wanting to plant churches in these hard and dark places, and so we came. And you came in the midst of a lockdown and lived in a random flat in Berlin for a month, didn't you? Two yeah. weeks in total quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Like, Fair play to you. Yeah. And then you're obviously now you've been here for what, year and a half? Yeah, a year and a half. I was the last of the three American families that. that Once came. you came, we're like, no more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't handle anyone. Logan, what about you? How, what made you want to give up what you're doing in Indiana and shift your family across the ocean to Scotland? Yeah, so my wife and I were to the point to where if it was the Lord's will, we would, would rather do full time ministry again. Um, we'd done full time ministry. It's probably been probably 10 years prior to coming to 20 Schemes. And, um, yeah, wanted to devote our time to full-time. We weren't looking to move anywhere outside of our house in southern Indiana, honestly. Uh, and then we heard of Together for, or, um, at Together for the Gospel, we heard 20 Schemes and um, looked into it. And, yeah, one of the big things was... Uh, Y'all speak English, or at least some form of English. <laughs> we speak it very fast, but yeah. we do speak it. <laughs> and, yeah, in the need, it was like there's not a lot of gospel ministry going on in the schemes. And so completely different context than what we were in, but it's that's kind of what drew us was, was a need. And then a, a, legit, a legit and solid ministry uh, that was very... Uh, gospel-oriented and very focused on Jesus, very focused on um, planting and revitalizing churches, not just throwing some people out there to, mm -hmm. you know, do whatever. So, yeah. Cool. I appreciate that. And Reagan, you were living the high life, selling furniture in Texas, you know, do whatever you want to do because it's Texas. <laughs> that's right. And now you're here in this progressive state that's kind of control you every day of your life. Very Why on earth freedom. are you doing that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Gracie and I had been thinking about and praying about retiring as quick as we could and going into full-time ministry and specifically going on mission. And so we were looking all around just trying to figure out where we we're going to go. And it's funny that Logan would talk about English speaking because that was one of the things that attracted us to Scotland. Little did we know that with certain people you would be like having to translate because you couldn't understand them at all. So, but... Uh, most people we can understand quite well. So, but very uh, interested in 20 schemes for the same reasons the other guys have mentioned. You know, to let the hear the gospel go forth throughout uh, a land that used to know and love the word of God, but now there's very few believers. And uh, to plant and revitalize churches. But also the thing that attracted me to 20 Schemes was uh, reading Church in Hard Places and then researching and seeing their ecclesiology, their commitment to the local church was uh, exactly what I had in mind too. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to 20 Schemes. 
Yeah, definitely, which has been a great encouragement to us, and you guys, three brothers from other side of the ocean, and yet very similar convictions on, like, it's the local church that is needed in these communities. That's so right. it's through the local church the Lord shines the light of the gospel. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's really important to us. <coughs> so, coming in from the States, you'll have heard a lot about Scotland. People tell you different things. People in 20 Schemes tell you different things about different people in 20 Schemes. And so you must have had some expectations of what it was going to be like, what the culture's like. I mean, Mike, you were talking about it's a place where it needs churches. How did that kind of feel when you're on the ground? Like, was it what you expected? Is the people, the culture like you expected? Is the need like you expected? Maybe you just want to give us some chat. Yeah, I think 20 Schemes did an excellent job of um, prepping us for the cultural differences. There are definitely cultural differences. I feel like they did a really good job in the training in Kentucky and then um, whatnot. Is there any um, like big ones that are just dead obvious that just that make you think oh, this, is, this is a difference in culture? Uh, well, there's yeah a couple things really. Obviously what we would call banter um, is basically to the extent that in America we would take it with our closest people. Mm-hmm. Y'all, that's just a starting point for people you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just goes from there. Uh, so yeah, but uh, that is a difference, but it's it's a good difference a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, culturally it's, it's people, at least on the East End here, tend to have more time to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of has a similarity to kind of rural America in that in that regard. So there's some similarities there, but and people yeah. would say that's something sometimes peculiar to the west of Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. That people here are even friendlier. Like certainly people in the schemes of other contexts in Scotland are friendly, but there's something about the kind of Glaswegian kind of person banter that comes that's yeah, yeah. that's meant to be quite typical for that. But yeah, definitely. I don't remember what else we were supposed to discuss. <laughs> Fair, I'll just uh, break in and change the thought. What were you guys, anything that you kind of was as expected as you moved over, or anything that was kind of, this wasn't this actually quite different than I expected? I think you're, I mean, anytime you go somewhere new, you're not really supposed to have any expectations, right? Or, or many, um, well, expectations are, are good, but just not many. Um, and so, like we were expecting the banter, I'd agree with Logan, uh, really well done um, when it comes to helping us understand a little bit more of the culture. Um, and it's one thing to, to know it and hear it, but it's another thing to, to be a part of it. And uh, it does take a little bit to, to get used to that. Um, I think um, as some of the churches that we were uh, from, I think you can just get to a level of nicety and it's just kind of a formality. Um, which is which is fine and, and, and good, um, but then when you come from that to here, uh, and it's very much not like that. The banter would be kind of a tease or something like that, and and um, and it's and it's well-meaning almost 99% of the time, um, but if you're not used to that yeah. culture, um, it can be something that it's like oh, but but then you realize no, they love you. That's actually why they're doing that, you know. Which is good, you know that because you're at the end of a lot of jokes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think you get picked up more than anybody else. Yeah, but, but I think it's a sign that we love you yeah. and like really appreciate and, and, you. And, that's why and what I wouldn't have ever put together is actually the more they that people feel like they have the freedom mm-hmm. to do that, the the closer they feel yeah, yeah. to you. I also say that if I'm being quiet and nice to you, you probably should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me and not the full thing. But yeah. um, no, no, but but uh, but then when you pick that up, you, you like 
been able to get, I think, a, a lot closer once I mm -hmm. kind of come to understand that. Um, but also the hospitality that, that, that happens around here um, and the, the closeness, the readiness to just get up and, and go to help, I've, I found very encouraging. Mm -hmm. So, Like Reagan, in terms of um, the kind of spiritual climate, like, so we would be talking about how the schemes of Scotland probably under 1% most of their housing schemes in terms of that evangelical Bible-believing presence. Is that what you've seen? I mean, you've been about a number of different schemes throughout what we're doing in the West. Is that, Jake, we're over-egging that? Or do you think, you know, the context here is one of need compared to what you would be thinking? Absolutely. It's definitely one of need. Uh, the soil is very hard. That's what I've found since I've been here. Um, people are open and talking, wanting to talk just like it's already been mentioned. They're, they love to converse, they love to talk, they love to chat. But when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to spiritual things, not so much, or they'll just smile and say, that's nice. But uh, yeah, the soil's been very, very hard. It's been very tough as far as that goes. And again, we've been just humbled the fact that like, you guys and other guys from the States have come. We often get like said, oh, why do you get so many Americans? It's like 20 schemes of American thing. In fact, pretty much everyone about here thinks we're Mormons at some point, don't they, in Bealiston? Because it happened, there was like three families came at the same time. Um, and what I would often say to folk is, well, the need is so great here. Like we've just been in John 4, like the fields are white for harvest. The need is so great. There's no one else coming. There doesn't seem to be people from Scotland who are willing to see that need and kind of move their family across a city to embed the community and share the gospel to those in need. Maybe that's because there's definitely need in other communities in Scotland too, but it's humbling that we would struggle to get people to move across the city to move into a scheme here in Glasgow, whereas the three of you have moved your families and a bunch of young kids like across the world to do that. Um, and it is our prayer that the Lord would continue to provide laborers from wherever, um, from the States. We would love to see people raised up from the UK as well, but as far as long as there's Americans willing to come and give their life to see churches planted in these communities, we want to bring you and train you and send you out and enable you to do that. So to that end, let's chat a little bit about what training has been like and what church has been like. So first off, you guys have all been members of our church. Logan was in Mary Hill for a wee bit first, but then came here as well. So you've been members here for the last year and a bit. What has church been like? So if you're talking to someone back in the States, is church the same? Is church different? Yeah, how's that been? What's your experience of church been in the last year here? Who's going first? I'll go first. Um, I'll say the same thing I've said for a year and a half. Uh, it's just been amazing how warmly we were welcomed, how um, loving the people have been. That has just been wonderful. It was amazing how generous from the very get-go. As has already been talked about, we arrived in the middle of lockdown, so... We couldn't leave the house for 10 days. We had a quarantine, and people were bringing us food, bringing us groceries, standing out in the front garden. Back in the States, we call that the front yard. But, uh, uh, Good contextualization the there, Rick, exactly, I like yeah, it. So, <laughs> and wanting to chat, you know, when we couldn't leave. So we were, the, the welcome was so warm. That was wonderful. And just the love from the church that was shown from the get-go. And that hasn't changed in over a year and a half now. So the, the church has been wonderful. The preaching of the word is something that we take very seriously, and that's been uh, top-notch. It's been awesome. 
and we've loved that. The singing is very lively, and uh, that's very special. So that's what we've experienced. So, you guys see anything else that you would kind of share in your experience of church here? Yeah. Um, so this would actually not only apply for the church, but also I think what I've seen in the community is that. Um, and the middle class culture that I was in, uh, things are much more closed. Um, you're not as open. Um, and so also in the church back at home um, and my former home, there weren't, there weren't as many uh, open conversations with a general group of people. Whereas what I've seen is in the community, people are much more open about things that people back in New York would have been very closed to. And what's really refreshing is especially when you get into the church context that people are much more open and vulnerable um, with where they are uh, with struggling with sin, where they are with um, a, a certain instance that might make them look bad but give God glory. Um, and it's a, I, I love being a part of, of that. And um, it's nice to be in a ministry context in the community where you're, you're able to talk about some so maybe deeper things quicker than you would have been able to, um, but it's but it's a much longer road here than it is um, uh, back in the states. So um, yeah, just one thing I saw. And then you guys have all been in because you've been in our church through our elder training process, which kind of like dovetails with the twenty schemes kind of training that we've been doing here. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what that was like. What kind of things have you been doing? what's been helpful, and what kind of things you've been learning, and that kind of thing. Logan, you want to explain what have we been doing, like how have you been trained as part of the last year and a half of being here? Yeah, so a lot of that's looked like uh, being involved with leading services um, or teaching uh, like at, at, at Blokes, like um, Reagan does mostly, and um, preaching. That would be kind of like the church aspect of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just like being involved in people's lives, um, the elders' meetings, um, praying over people, of the, praying for people, the congregation and whatnot. Um, yeah, so that'd be more of like what it looks like as far as church goes, as far as some of the preparations. And then are you talking as far as like church planner training yeah, as well? It does a bit about that too. So, yeah, so it'd be like what, two Monday, every other Monday basically. Um, yeah, just good solid reading material. We'll read, write a paper on it sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you read the books, Logan. That's why I'm asking you this. <laughs> if I looked over to my left here to our friend Mike, might not be able to tell us as much about the books. But, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, read, reading good material and then discussing it and getting to be around the table with uh, other guys that are in training and then others that have ministry experience and just discussing some real life scenarios um different you know what do you think about this what do you think about that and uh from yeah from different real life scenarios to biblical matters to how the church functions and that's been really helpful just being to be around the table and discuss uh issues like that and just everybody brings a little bit of a different mm -hmm. perspective um you know e even coming from very similar places and in, in, in how we would understand the Bible still and how we apply that, it kind of looks yeah, yeah. different. And that's been helpful, I think. Yeah, so Mondays we try and do, first Monday every month, we'll set you like a book to read. So the first four or five were on polity, then we did some on character and some in practice kind of stuff. 
Um, was there any books that maybe have stood out for you over the last year? We're now into our second year, so any books that you've read that you found particularly helpful, any of you guys? I'll say just real quick, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands has been very helpful. And, yeah, so much so that I'd like to go through that with Garrett before he heads back to the States. Mm. And, yeah, so that was one that stands out to me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that's good. He stole mine. Dang. Right. Um, you didn't even read that one. Yeah, I did read that one. <laughs> Any books you've looked at the front cover of like that you find helpful, Mike? One of the three. One of the three. <laughs> Tell you what, the first chapter, though. No. Uh, <laughs> no I, so one of the other ones was Compelling Community mm-hmm. and just saying how can, can we as a church um, or church leaders, I think it's mainly meant for church leaders, but beneficial for anybody I think in the church but just how how are we going to have a community here that um, not only functions together well but also reaches out into the community well so I found that that's a great book yeah Uh, Baptist Foundations wasn't that the first one we read I think so yeah really thick really rich Um, yeah that was excellent uh, the new edition of Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Love that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Yeah, and again, we've our kind of tactics, or people would say to us often, when are we going to get to the hands-on stuff? When are you going to tell us how to plant a church and do all these things? Um, and we've done a lot less of that. We want you to know first what a church is. And actually a lot of the time, even in church planting circles more broadly, I think people don't really know what a church is. And so they don't really know what they're trying to plant. And so again, we've been very deliberate with that, haven't we? spent a lot of time thinking through polity membership, congregationalism or whatever and all that kind of different kind of things i think that's helpful because i think when we have an idea of what a church is and we know that a lot of the other stuff is just in terms of being a mission in your context isn't it and so um yeah so it's been cool to see you guys wrestle and kind of get to grapple with some of that stuff that's what we do monday first monday the third monday of the month we've been doing brian croft's practical shepherding practically trained pastor haven't we which i've loved like, any of you guys that get us a little bit of chat on what's that about? Why is that helpful? Reagan, you want to tell us? Yeah, just challenging us on some of the basic things that a pastor would do. I mean, how to pray, why to pray, why do you do that, when do you do that, how do you pray for your people, um, church discipline, uh, all of those things. It was just very, very practical. And it's great for me. Again, I've, I, you guys are actually way more experienced than I would be in terms of pastoral ministry and seeing good pastors, but just like how to visit the sick, which is gold, isn't it? Again, what we would say is, again, we want to train church planters and church revitalizers, but the only church planter and church revitalizer is someone who's going to be a pastor. That's not, you know, you don't separate those things. When you're planted a church, you're a pastor of a church. And so I've also found those times really sweet and helpful. Are you going to say something, Mike? About I'm just going to say that <laughs> also the examples that are, that are mm-hmm. given. So, you know, it, it tells you about the practical, but like he'll might flesh out a situation that's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can relate to that kind of thing. So that's all. So that's again the third Monday, and then we also do a preaching breakfast once a month. So Logan, do you want to tell us a bit about your experience of that? Has that been helpful? Otherwise, what do we do there? Yeah. So generally, it'll we we meet yeah once a month, and from like nine to noon, and we'll have usually you or Pete Bell or Andy Matheson have like um. A lesson on that's pertaining to preparing a sermon or or you know how do you break up a text in order to prepare a sermon and then yeah it's uh, preach and then for 30 minutes is the goal <laughs> and then we receive feedback um, you know what was the point of what was the main point of the sermon was it the main point of the text and then uh, were unbelievers addressed how well were believers addressed 
and just goes through several questions like that, addressing um, things like the structure of the sermon, the uh, illustrations, the applications. And yes, yeah, so the feedback on that has been very helpful. Um, as I find coming in, um, I lacked uh, on the illustrations and the applications, and that has helped me see not only the importance of it, um, but also how to how to put that in there without you're, you're actually not pulling away from the text. You're actually mm-hmm. shining a bigger light on the text yeah. and whatnot. And so it's been helpful. And then hearing a lot of first-time sermons has been yeah. very encouraging. So what we intended to do would be we'd have one of our trainees preach first. So we'd have a lecture from like me or Peter Andy. We'd have one of you guys or a trainee preach first, and then we'd have an intern or a member preach as well, which has been sweet, hasn't it? Just to see different people trained or see if the Lord might be gifted them or because again what we want to see is long-term people like that members of our churches who are from these communities trained up and raised up to to send out like Mike what's your take your preaching has changed since you've been here like what's been helpful about that for you you're I mean you're gonna be a lead preacher in Bayless and going forward so how what's been helping you think that yeah um I think the church that I I was from um you know um good, solid um, expounding of God's word, um, and I, there were a lot of mature Christians in our congregation, and so uh, you can sometimes go deeper on a subject, um, and and I think some of the habit, at least for me back in the States, was to do a little bit less application and less illustrations. By the way, you're like the illustration king now. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. Every sermon's and got yeah, something about a like, deer or a gun in it. That's I, like, I, it's probably sad that I look forward more to your illustrations sometimes. Yeah, you probably anyway, shouldn't yeah. say that, mate. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, God's word. Yeah. I need to work on that. Um, <laughs> no, but um, just how important those applications are and connecting God's word to the people's lives. Whereas you can put it out here, and if there's if, if they don't know how to connect this to, to life, then, um, you know, what, you know, how's, how is that going to do anything kind of thing? So trying to really purpose more and especially in my prep time mm-hmm. to how can, how can I give applications that are really going to help them connect with what God's word is saying here. So that, that's what I've been pulling out a lot of um, and, and even just learning how to prep the, the sermons better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> and not watch YouTube for three hours at a time. Is that, that what you're that saying? That helps. That helps. <laughs> we're not meant to say that publicly. <laughs> Rig, we also, if we're part of our church here in Berlarik, do like our kind of Thursday morning service preview, service planning. You want to share a little bit about that? Has that been helpful? What's been good there? Yeah, every Thursday morning, whoever's preaching uh, that coming Sunday, they'll show up and they'll go through their prep, what they've, what they're, where they're at basically in their sermon. And usually, you show up with their sermon mostly done. And uh, you go through it, your introduction, your points, application, and uh, discuss that and get quizzed on that, um, get challenged if need be. Uh, and then it's been very helpful as, to, as far as the application goes. You know, how, how can we apply this? And there's always good chat about that. And oftentimes it's amazing it, that makes it into the sermon. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's some of the best part of it so yeah yeah, yeah. i think so yeah definitely and it's, again we've got 
are gospel workers, women's workers in the room as well, isn't it? And That's like right. I often say a lot of the time, Kara's stuff makes it into my sermon because she's got just a way of reading that people that mm-hmm. um, is really, really helpful. So yeah, I think that's all been good and important for you guys to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, as well. it's also been good, and not only that, but in the preacher's breakfast as well, especially Americans coming over here, you, uh, you take a few things out. You know, that word... You need to change that, or that doesn't mean the same thing over here, and uh, you learn some good things that way. Cool. Yes. Not always in the preacher's breakfast do you learn that. <laughs> Sometimes it's Sunday We morning. could Sometimes go down a rabbit trail of what words morning. we shouldn't be using, but that will not be good if we have a microphone in front of me. Um, the other thing we would do, whatever Friday night of the month it is, is get our families together. So uh, if your wives and your kids, and we all come in here, and we have a takeaway together, and then do some training, so... Last year we did a marriage course, we did a real change course, which is biblical counselling stuff. This year again we've been working through Brian and Cara Croft's little pastor's family book, which again I found really, really helpful. Guys, on perspective on that, has that been good for you, your wife, your kids? Like what's, um, is that a key part of the process? I don't know, give me your thoughts, give me your chat. Yeah, for me it always creates good conversation with Lindsay and, and trying to, just say how, I mean, you can kind of just get wrapped up in ministry and life and, and sometimes forget that, man, I'm like, sometimes I can be a horrible dad or a horrible mom and like trying to figure out how. Are you often a horrible mom? <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay and I. Okay. Yeah, right. But, uh, but just talking through, like, it's, it's helpful not only just saying how can we as, as parents help our children, but how can we be better, um, a, a better husband for me? Right, better wife for, for Lindsay and, and talking through things that we wouldn't have necessarily talked through if we were just generally at home without this so it's good. Okay, it's important because life is really busy in ministry and particularly in scheme ministry when you know people can come to your door any minute of the day and there could be any number of issues you need to respond to right away it can be very easy that our family gets our dregs and um, I think times I got up and sweet just to remind me first place like the minister is my home and you know, we're all here together as people who struggle with that to help each other with that. They've been really good and important things. Yeah, I was just going to say, lately, I've been especially convicted about that. We're, we're trying to disciple so many other people, mm-hmm. right? But if I do all of that and I never disciple my kids, mm-hmm. right, what, like what, what kind of a, a, a pastor of my home am I? What mm-hmm. kind of a pastor in general of the church am I, right? So, um, yeah, just... And also, a part of that and part of this whole process is we want to support your wives as well. So, obviously, we've all learned never to speak on behalf of our wives. But if you were to try and do that, just like, like <laughs> how do you think they would feel? But have they been supported? How have they found the kind of training process coming in as an American? All of them at the start had kids that were school. Now your kids are um, in public school, but you guys are still homeschooling. How do you think that's been for your wives? Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit, I think. Um, my wife has found um, just getting together with the with the other wives. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of that. I think the planters' wives meet every Thursday for lunch every or something? Thursday, they and they go, and oftentimes they'll go through a book together. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just getting together for lunch and getting to know each other. She's found that wonderful. She loves that. And uh, building that relationship with the other wives, um, going through books. For instance, right now they're, I think they're reading The Holiness of God. Mm-hmm by Sproul, and they're getting a lot out of that. Just challenging each other, encouraging each other. That's been sweet for her. Yeah, I think the Friday evenings, especially with the 
Uh, you know, there's a lot invested in us as church planners, and we're grateful for that. And then Fridays add to that, then be able to bring the wives along as well. And I know that Elizabeth gets a lot of benefit out of that. And then, um, yeah, the Thursday lunches, she tries to make two, a lot of them. And, um, yeah, just meeting up with folks. I know the church is, uh, the church culture is uh, very much more community-like, which helps the, the family a lot. And so that's, that's been some things that have really helped Elizabeth along and, and the kids as well. Yeah. And, it's, and it's also key to say it's not one size fits all, isn't it? Because again, so Elizabeth's homeschooling was three kids, now two. Mm -hmm. um, Grace's got Carrie still. But then Lindsay, your kids are all at school now. And so she's actually been part of the staff team as well and will probably be the women's worker going forward in the church plant. So again, it's, it's not one size fits all, but hopefully our kind of aim isn't it just to support encourage you guys and kind of train you as a family and um, so that it's not just you off doing ministry on one side and leaving it all at home because again that'd be my temptation often mm -hmm. um, which is that too so that's kind of like <coughs> a lot of the things we do you're also being involved in, in our church and our elder and training process so you've been involved in a lot of pastoral meetings and um, obviously we're not going to talk about much of that but like any any reflections on that what's it been like um, as part of those elder meetings, is it been someone you're used to before, similar kind of setup, or your thoughts? Okay, I'll go first. Th they've been great. They've been uh, more often than I've ever experienced before. You know, coming from the states, we would have one or two elder meetings a month, oftentimes just one. Mm -hmm. But uh, we meet almost every Monday night, mm -hmm. so they've been more often. But that's good more time to talk, more time to check up on the flock, on the members of the church, more time to pray for them, and more time to discuss issues. So that's been good, and they've been wonderful meetings, uh, just getting together and spending time in the Word, spending time praying, and uh, going through the needs of the church. Yeah, I think some of the, the shepherding that happens here is a lot of what's behind the church culture and mm -hmm. so there's a, a lot of commitment from the eldership here to pray for the flock to care for the flock and then also the the culture here as mike had mentioned is more open it's not that there's necessarily unique struggles to this culture it's just things that we wouldn't talk about or even deal with in the states um, is more in open here more dealt with and that does create uh, a little bit of a heaviness uh, to it, but also it, it gets dealt with, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that, that just creates more um, community, more love for one another, and really points mm -hmm. us to Jesus. And so yeah, it's been good being a part of, of that aspect of the, of the process and just seeing the, you know, we really take it serious. We pray for the members. We have time to word, and it's just, yeah. And what, I mean, the goal is what from... 7.30 to 9.30 <laughs> or something like that. It goes at least that, sometimes 10. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely taking the work seriously. Appreciate that about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I was used to a, a context where it would be every week, um, but it would be more general things, and then we'd spend a lot of time praying, uh, a lot of time praying back at home. Um, we spend a good amount of time praying here as well, um, but what's interesting is how how much um, we kind of dig into how specifically we can help a specific the specific members families and what 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 they, we think 
maybe next steps for them would be kind of as we go through um, the meeting and then, yeah, and then just spending time praying for, for those specific things. So it's, um, so I was used to something similar, I guess, but um, it's, it, well, it was a bigger church that I was from, so it's a lot harder to do that. Um, and it, and this is a more community-based place as well, so there's some inherent things we know about the families that wouldn't have necessarily been true um, back before, but it's been very encouraging. Yeah. So then that's been, our church is that for about a year, year and a half. Actually, all three of you guys were voted on yesterday, weren't you? So, um, so Reagan's going to be Elder Hope Community Church Berlader. Permanently, we're praying, God, Lord willing. Mike, going to be an elder of our church, but we're going to send you out to plant in this building, in Bailiston. And then Logan, we're hoping that in the coming weeks we'll get the kind of partnership stuff nailed down so we can send you off to be the kind of, well, they're going to call you minister, I think. The Reverend Logan, are they? Um, but kind of pastor of uh, Church Revitalization down in Kawinning. And again, that's been the kind of culmination of the process of the last wee while of seeing how we do things. And a lot of ho- hopefully the training you're seeing is also just watching and observing and we want to bring you along to things and seeing how we minister and also just let you listen stuff. So Mike's been for the last year and a bit before we kind of focus now on Bayless and you're doing the youth stuff, youth Bible study, you've been doing blokes Bible study for the last few while. Yeah, again, really appreciate your willingness to get alongside disciple people too and just letting you loose with that and hoping you guys can just learn as you go and, and really the practical side of ministry. And so I guess all of these things together kind of build a picture of how in the west of Scotland, but how throughout 20 schemes and we try and train and raise up people and help, you know, you guys get used to the culture so you can then send out and be useful in the culture too. Um, and we're also part of the wider 20 Schemes Network, so once a month we'll meet with all the planters around Scotland. Like, is that helpful? Why is, what's good about that, Regan? Yeah, that's really, that's really great to get together once a month to uh, share what's going on in the various church plants all throughout Scotland from way up north to down here. And uh, that's always fun too, you know, just to build that relationship and have that fellowship. But then also to share what's going on, the difficult things, and then lift each other up in prayer. Okay. I think it's encouragement that we're just about to celebrate our 10 year anniversary yeah, and to see all the different platters come together in that room in all the different places that the Lord's now shining the light of the gospel where he wasn't before. Um, is it encouragement to me? And I'm sure it is for you and the other guys too. So this final little bit then, so you are three guys, we're now sending you off to a bunch of other communities, but I was doing a plan last week of some of the churches that are getting in touch, and I think there's like four or five churches that are ready to sign, kind of partnership with us, and we don't have people to send. So if you were talking to people back in the States, people that maybe were in your position or positions like yours, um, where you were a couple of years ago, how would you encourage them to at least consider coming and doing what you're doing? Anything you would say to them? to try and help or to encourage them yeah i mean it's it's a little overwhelming at first um we weren't looking to move out of our home in the country in southern indiana uh, it seemed very intimidating and you get the budget that you need to raise in order to to come here and then work in a full-time job not having a lot of vacation time also seemed like this is never going to happen kind of a thing but then just yeah if it's if it's something that a person senses the Lord leading them in that direction certainly don't make what seems to be hurdles any bigger than they need to be uh, because yeah we've seen the Lord work um, in a lot of ways and just really provide and stick with it Uh, the the support raising side took us a a year and a half um, at least 
and then still uh, engaging in that and trying to get more partnerships and whatnot. And then you get here and you find out that was the easy bit <laughs> and then getting used to the culture and stuff like that. So it's like take it one step at a time, certainly look into it and, and prayerfully consider it. Uh, I don't think, I mean, 20 Schemes isn't perfect, but you're, I, don't, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better organization to work with if you want to work in, a, in an area that needs gospel churches. The, uh, the need is great. It, it's, um, it's an organization that is, it's a tight-knit organization. There's a lot of uh, pastoral care that, that we've experienced, I think, um, we would all agree with. And, yeah, so I'd say definitely pray about it, think about it, um, give it a good hard look, and, yeah, I would certainly say jump on in. I'd just say um, I think I, I was coming over um, one of the, one, I, I forgot to say at the beginning, but one of the things that I really admired about 20 Schemes was that they wanted to train people within the schemes to be the next leaders of the church. Um, they wanted to reproduce, reproducers kind of thing. And so um, in that, I, I was thinking, I'm, oh, I get to come over and teach people kind of thing. And real quick, you kind of learn I need to. I need to become. I need to come ready to learn first, um, and then when you come ready to learn, you eventually um, get to a point where I think people want you to teach, um, and I, th I think that's what I've experienced. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not sure how much people want it, but I am teaching, so that's good. <laughs> um, but just I, I think a, a readiness to to learn about the people first, because it's in those building those relationships that you'll be able to get to to do that next step, I guess. So that's all I got. I would echo what um, Logan said just a minute ago. The need is great. Even just right here in Glasgow, what they're, depending on who you talk to, there's 96, 97 schemes. Many of them don't have a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church, or there's one there that their light is flickering just about to go out, they need revitalization. So the need is huge, prayerfully consider coming. Yeah, but I think again, there's four, we need four church platters just this month to, to send out to these churches and that's only gonna grow in the years ahead. So again, really, really encourage that you guys moved your families to little communities, little small flats, where it used to be, would be a lot more space in the States, and, but doing that for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the lost here and the glory of Christ. And, and I'm sure you'd also say there's a lot of joy in it too, isn't it? It's worth it. Like, if it's not, it's sacrifice, but there's much joy. I don't know. Can you say that? Is there? Is you, are you glad you came? Did you see yourself being here for the future? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It is hard, but we drive around every day, gracing me and kind of giggling. We're in Scotland. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's hard, but it's wonderful. The people are amazing. Um, but again, the need is great. Yeah, I wouldn't give up the kind of community that can happen here as opposed to the state. You can't, you can't have that kind of community if you don't live that close. Mm -hmm. So the kind of community that can happen here is just kind of mind-boggling, you know. Yeah, certainly glad we came. And certainly when we were away this summer back in the States for a few weeks, like we were looking forward to coming back. And, mm -hmm. and we're looking forward to going to Kilwinning and being a part of the work there. And Lord willing, yeah, I mean, we don't have any other 
plans, but to continue forward. I would say the uh, the culture and the people um, are, yeah, that's what makes it enjoyable. I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of there's enough similarities to make you think culture-wise mm-hmm. that you can function, but then there's enough differences where you realize you can't function yeah. as much as you thought you could, and, and things stress you out. But um, or maybe that's just me. <laughs> but the, the the people here are great. The culture is great. Um, yeah, it might be considered a rough area, but that's that's all relative terms. I mean, yeah. it's like people are are great, you know. So. No, definitely, I appreciate that. And again, just the the sense of knowing that when we're doing the Lord's work, He's going to provide for us. And um, I think I've caught all of you saying that Scotland is home in the last couple of weeks or months when you're talking about going back to the states and then coming home. So um, yeah, really appreciate that. <coughs> and again, it's our prayer that the Lord would raise up people like you guys from across the states like I should probably speak to this camera now but if you're listening to this from the states then we would just love you to get in touch send an email to me or to one of the guys out there just even ask more questions about what it would look like for you to come and train like this and give your life like this to see people in communities here that are desperate and are heading to hell and don't have churches or people there that are going to live their lives to declare the hope that we have and that was the, the hope for them so they could be rescued the way we have been too. And so, again, please do get in touch. And if you're listening and you're from the UK, again, we would love to see more people from the UK raised up and come to our communities and do the same thing. And I'm going to talk to, in a few weeks, hopefully, Paul Harkis, who's down in Kilmarnock with his wife Miriam, about a local lad from the other side of Edinburgh that's doing that too. So, yeah, we're humbled. Uh, appreciate you all. Um, and, yeah, give thanks to the Lord that he has continued to build his church and shine the light in the darkness. Cheers, guys.